0: Today, in all of your struggles and all of your hurt, I believe that we more so now than ever need to come together in prayer. I believe that we more so now than ever need to come together and say, we know there have been some who've hurt us, but we stand together anyway. We know there have been some who've betrayed us, and yet, God, in our anxiety and our fear when we're surrounded by enemies, We're going to cling to the fact that you are our deliverer, our hope, and our salvation.
1: Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay. Because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.
0: We are continuing in the book of Acts today. We began it last week. Anybody ever feel the sense of deja vu? Like the same thing happens twice and you wonder if you're just stuck in the matrix and what's happening and why this keeps happening? Today as we continue in Acts, the disciples are in many ways in this sense of deja vu. See just 40 days prior, they had been in this place of confusion and pain and hurt and anger because the one they thought was the Messiah had died. And when people die, they usually stay dead. And for three days, they were in this place of hurt and darkness and confusion. God, where are you? And now what? And then as he had promised, Jesus rose from the dead and they were filled with this great hope. Now his kingdom's coming. Now we'll be set free. Now all these good things, this good life will happen. And then Jesus, here in the start of Acts, says... I'm sending you to the whole world, but first, wait. And then he just disappears. And he goes up into heaven, and once again they're left with, now what? What do we do next? And I imagine for them it wasn't a joyful time of waiting because the first time Jesus left, when he went into the tomb, there were a lot of people who were really mad at Jesus and his followers. And you know, they don't get less mad when you come back from the dead, apparently. Because the last thing they could try to do of putting you to death didn't work, so now what? And there was turmoil and all kinds of trouble in Jerusalem because the Jewish leaders who put Jesus to death were mad that his disciples were saying he's alive. And he's shown himself to over 500 people, so there's a whole lot of witnesses to say he is risen. And they don't really like, (laughs) thank you, appreciate that. They don't really like that. And so Jesus ascends into heaven and the disciples are stuck. This is where we're gonna pick up in Acts uh, chapter one, verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. If you recall, the Mount called Olivet or the Mount of Olives was the place where Jesus went to the garden the night he was betrayed, and there he prayed, and he asked his disciples, will you join me in prayer? And they did what I would do. They fell asleep. Will you join me in prayer? And again, they fell asleep. Three times, he said, please, just a little while longer, pray with me. And they fell asleep. They had been on that same mountain when he ascends into heaven. And so they returned from there back to Jerusalem. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All 11 of them. Now, Jesus has ascended and said, I'm sending you to the whole world, but first, wait. So they returned to that same place they were in when he died. The very same room they were in when they shared that last meal with him. They likely returned to that place, this upper room. But this time, instead of being filled with fear and anxiety and panic, they gathered together for a different reason. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Interesting here, they gather to pray, not to strategize, not to plan God, what do we do next? not to come up with all the right things, okay, now that he's gone, here's where we go forward. They simply gather to pray. And Luke, as I've mentioned in the past, is notorious for including women in his gospel far more than any of the others. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, in almost every account where Jesus does something significant, immediately afterwards he does a very similar significant thing for women, which is quite remarkable. See, for Luke, he paints this picture that this good news of Jesus is not just for those who are the social elite. It's not just for those men who at the time were the ones deemed worthy. No, this good news is for everybody. And so when Jesus gives this command, go and wait, the disciples all gather to pray. It says they devoted themselves Together, or they were all in one accord devoting themselves to prayer together with these women. See, I want to stress that before we move forward because far too many times today, people teach that because Christians have a certain view of masculinity and femininity, because sometimes that has been misused in the past to abuse women and it has been wrongly used, because of that, sometimes people today say, Well, Christianity, that's just intended for the patriarchy, to put down women. And let me tell you, there's nothing in this Bible that says you as females are less than men. And you need to know that. Luke makes a point to say they were included in the prayer time. It's important they're there. But then Peter stands up. And if you've read any of the four Gospels, what happens when Peter stands up to speak? You laugh. That's right. Thank you, Nick. When Peter stands up to speak, he often opens his mouth and inserts his foot. Time and time again in the Gospels, Peter stands up to speak and says the exact wrong thing over and over and over again. So Peter stands up to speak. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120 And said, Brothers, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. I love Peter's boldness. You see, there's an elephant in the room as they're gathered to pray. Jesus has died, he's risen from the dead, he's given them this mission. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit, and then he disappears to heaven, and Peter gathers together to pray, and he looks around the room and says, we're missing somebody. There's an elephant in the room, guys. Like, what do we do about Judas, right? You know the guy, the guy who betrayed Jesus and sold him out and when he felt bad and sought forgiveness, the people who were supposed to give him forgiveness rejected him and in his sorrow and his guilt he went and killed himself, that guy? Hey guys, what do we do about Judas who's missing? Then there's a little interlude here from Luke that's not Peter's speech. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Acheldamma. Uh, say it with confidence, right? Then people believe it. That is, Field of Blood. So, this little side note here from Luke says hey, we know what happened to Judas, this guy that Peter's referencing, this elephant in the room. Right, he went and he died, he killed himself as a result of his sorrow, and because of that, like, it was now a tainted field, so it was just called the field of blood, and we just kind of leave that alone. Awkward. By the way, if you don't know this, when you start reading the Bible, there's a lot of really uncomfortable stuff all throughout here, and that's that's Okay. And so Luke he points out as a historian like you know which Judas he's talking about and what happened. And Peter he's speaking, what do we do about this emptiness? Somebody is missing in our group. And I love that Peter begins with what do we do about Judas? Because it says there's 120 of them gathering to pray. That's a, a pretty large group. That's like this whole room here today gathering together saying, Jesus gave us a purpose, but for now we'll wait. Let's pray. But Peter's like, but we're missing one. We should all know that somebody's missing from our midst. What do we do about this? And then Peter quotes Psalms. And when I went and I looked up these Psalms, it totally changed how I read this. See, this is what he says. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office. It's like those seem like really weird, random quotes from Psalms. Apparently the Bible writers could just take stuff from the Old Testament and quote it out of context and then it became true. And I don't really understand how that worked for them. But but I looked this up Check this out. Here's the psalm that David quotes first. To the choir master, a psalm of David. Be not silent, O God of my praise. For wicked and deceitful mouths are opened against me, speaking against me with lying tongues. They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. In return for my love they accuse me, but I give myself To prayer. This first psalm that David quotes is a psalm all about these enemies who are against us and the anguish and the pain and the sorrow of being in this place. And then he says, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. Look, may the camp of the enemy, the one who is against us, may they become completely emptied, that there's nothing left for them to stand on. In fact, these are two separate psalms that that Peter quotes and both of them are desperate pleas of David when he's surrounded by enemies on every side saying, God, would you be my help? In fact, this verse comes later. Here we go. But you, O God, my Lord, deal on my behalf for your namesake because your steadfast love is good. Deliver me. I was really intrigued as I read those psalms and their whole context. Peter here begins to speak of Judas and this one who betrayed Jesus, and he says, there's an emptiness in our room, something's missing, and he quotes two psalms about enemies who are coming against them. Two psalms that are cries for God to help. And as I thought about that, I had to ask, why would Peter in this place be including those Psalms. And I wonder if as they gathered for prayer, they weren't gathering out of confidence and out of hope and out of expectation. I wonder if he was terrified once again. God, we've been here before and you left us and that first time was hard. What's it going to look like this time? I wonder if Peter had had 40 plus days of hearing the rumors and the murmurs and all the turmoil in Jerusalem. And I wonder if Peter was feeling that anxiety. Now, what, God? Will you be my help? Will you come to our rescue once again? And then there's this weird addition. The story continues in verse 21. So one of the men who have, who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. Peter says we're missing one. There once were 12 and now there's 11. We need a new one. It doesn't matter if there's 120. He said we really need 12. Why? 12 for Jewish people was the number of the fullness of all of God's people. In fact, if you read throughout the Old Testament, there were 12 tribes of Israel. And the tabernacle, or the priests, the ones who would go before God, the priests had 12 stones on their breastplate to represent the fullness of the people when they came in. And there in the the tabernacle and even the, the temple grounds, there were 12 gates to enter in so that no matter which way you came in, you could say all of us are fully part of what God has done, what God is doing and what God will do. So for Peter to have 11 meant we're not quite there yet. We need somebody else who can join us in proclaiming this good news, what we've witnessed in the resurrection because if there's somebody else, someone to come to our aid, we will be full and complete with everything we need. And so they go about finding somebody who had been with Jesus this whole time. And they put forward two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias, and they prayed and said, You, Lord, know, who, know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. I've read this story probably three dozen times in my life, maybe more, and I've always thought it really weird. Here's why. What do we know of Matthias? Anybody? Absolutely nothing else. This is the only time in all of Scripture he's mentioned. And when you read church fathers and church tradition, nobody can agree on who he was or what he did. We don't know who Matthias is. And yet it was important enough for Peter to say we need To replace Judas. Why? As I wrestled with this and I thought about those Psalms, I wonder if it's important for you and me. See, there will be people who are in this place of leadership called to lead who will come and they will go. And there will be people who are in this place of leadership who are called to join in proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus who will betray us, and will hurt us, and will lead us astray. And I wonder if Matthias was included so that you and I can find hope. When times get tough, when somebody in our inner circle, our closest community, when somebody we trusted betrays us, it's okay to be filled with hurt, pain, and sorrow we come back to God, God, will you send somebody to be in my corner, to join me in this work you've called me to do, to come alongside me in support and encouragement? Will you send one who can stand in the place of this person who's betrayed and hurt? As we pursue this story of the church, important to know that you will be hurt at some point by the church. I hope you're not, but we are sinful and broken people and hopefully we can be family and we can stand beside each other and be the fullness of what God has intended. But when we're not, he is always faithful to send another who can stand in our place and lift us up. I also find it really interesting they cast lots for Matthias, because in case you're not familiar with that practice, it happened a lot in the Old Testament. And basically, it's like this. Let's just draw the short straw, and whoever gets it, that's who we're placing in this position, okay? Or, Or maybe instead, you could just roll some dice and see what happens. It's kind of leaving this one who comes next to chance. But they trusted that there wasn't such a thing as chance and happenstance. So they prayed, God, you know everything. Now make it clear. And they just take a chance and say, here goes. Today, in all of your struggles and all of your hurt, I believe that we more so now than ever need to come together in prayer. I believe that we more so now than ever need to come together and say, we know there have been some who've hurt us, but we stand together anyway. We know there have been some who've betrayed us and yet, God, in our anxiety and our fear when we're surrounded by enemies, we're gonna cling to the fact that you are our deliverer, our hope and our salvation. And so it is my hope and my prayer that as we continue through Acts, you and I would be strengthened to know that when nobody comes to our side, when there's nobody in our time of need who's there with us, We have a God who's promised to never leave us. And even as Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't leave his disciples empty-handed. In fact, next week we see in the story the Holy Spirit that is given to them. And you and I, spoiler alert, have been given that same Holy Spirit. God will always be with us and always be our deliverer and always stand where somebody else leaves us hurting. Say, I'm here, and I'll make it right. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for Peter and the rest of the disciples, these apostles who walked with you, who knew the hurt of being betrayed by Judas, who knew the pain of seeing you leave twice. God, as Peter quotes from this place saying that they were surrounded by enemies. God, as he quotes from this place of pain and anguish, you sent Matthias to be the fullness of your people. We ask that in our places of loneliness and hurt and emptiness and betrayal, you would send someone who would stand beside us, with us and for us that we would know in all things you are the God who delivers, and the God who loves. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. We believe in this place that an offering is an opportunity to join God in what he's doing. So if you came prepared to give today and you prefer to give with cash or check, We have some popcorn buckets in the back corner. As you exit, you can uh, place your offering there. Also, if you would like for us to be praying with you about anything, we would love to pray with you. There's little cards there in front of you, the connect cards in the pews, or if you're upstairs, I think they're on the sides. You can fill those out with a way that we can connect with you, a way that we can pray with you, and you can place that in the uh, the popcorn bucket as well. And if you came prepared to give today and you prefer to give electronically, you can give online at thepointknox.com by clicking the little button in the bottom corner and selecting I'd like to give. However you give and whatever you give, know this. We don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Now every week you guys are invited to text some questions and I will do my best to respond to them. So Amanda, what questions came in today?
2: Yeah, We just have a few. The first was a very nice comment that said the music was extra lovely today. Great job, worship team.
0: I love it when it's simple and Jay's playing like six instruments.
2: Yeah, simple is my favorite um, because you don't notice when we mess up a little bit more. <laughs> we can recover. Um, but yeah, um, And then this person has two questions. First is, where is Diane? Have not seen her since her leg injury.
0: Diane Riley. Uh, she's been joining us online, but I also haven't seen her much since her leg injury. And uh, Diane, if you're joining us online today, you are so loved. I hope you know that.
2: And the second is, would you guys please wish me luck on my new job? I will be starting orientation Friday.
0: Congratulations. That's super exciting. Absolutely.
2: Okay. All right, so um, this one also two-parter. Um, so one. far, these have been really simple. Yeah. So. This is <laughs> brace <laughs> okay. with the tragedy that happened last week how do we continue to have hope and trust in God that he's good and working
0: in light of the tragedy this last week how do we have hope that God is good and trust in him that he is working mm-hmm. um, briefly I have to say In tragedy, I think our natural tendency, more often than not, is to run to one of two things. Why did this happen and what do we do about it? And unfortunately, the why it happened is really complicated and can be briefly summed up into this world is really broken. And people do really, really horrible, evil things that we as people and as Christians have to say, this isn't okay. And we have to say, something needs to change. Now, what do we do about that? I don't know. And how do we trust in God when these tragedies exist? Well, it appears they're happening faster and more intense and more regularly. Tragedy and great sorrow is not new in this world. Um, Our methods of creating it may be improved, as bad as that sounds, but it's not new. And so what is God doing about tragedies like what happened in Texas this week? Well, the answer to that is quite simply, it's what he's already done. He's already said this world is completely broken so much so that he would send his own son to die to redeem everything. And right now we're in this in-between place of his ascension and his return and that evil and hate and horrible continues. And it hurts and it should hurt because it draws us back to God has already promised that his death, is enough to restore everything, and we cling to that hope, and then we work with everything in us to do what we can do to minimize these tragedies next time. And what that looks like is wide and varied, but we take action because of the cross. We say we know Jesus did everything for tragedy and sorrow and suffering. What can we do as well? And so that's how I hope and I trust, and It's okay to cry and hurt and be confused. That's why I love these psalms like Peter, right? Though I'm surrounded by enemies all around me, God, you will deliver me. And we just cling
1: to that.
2: Amen. And the second part of that is, I do trust in God and have seen him work, yet I still lack in total trust of him and I have doubts. Is that normal? Will God still work in my life if I have
0: doubts? Yes, this one's easy. Yes and yes. Uh, God is not expecting you or I to have all the answers. In fact, that would not be faith. That would just be pure fact. And the truth is, faith is believing in what is unseen. Faith is believing what we don't necessarily hold on to physically just yet. And so we believe and we trust, even when we have confusions and hurts and questions, and we say, I don't get it, God, but somehow you do. And so we believe. That's it? That's it, awesome. Hey, I I do wanna speak to that tragedy in Texas briefly. Um, Two things. If you have a lot of hurts and questions and pain and you wanna talk through that, please, I would love to get together and we can sit and I can listen and we can talk. It's it's okay to hurt. And also, if you are somebody who's prone to go online, um, whatever your social media platform, can I strongly encourage you, first and foremost, let's make it about Jesus. Uh, and, And I say that to, I don't care where you are on the spectrum of what you believe is the next best step, in tragedies like this, our country wants to answer the question why, and we wanna answer why in a way that's accusatory of the other. And it's so, so easy, every time, To take the easy way out and just become against one another as opposed to unify saying, how do we move through this and heal from this and change next time? And so please, if you're going to be somebody who is hurting or speaking thoughts and opinions and perspectives online, please do so in a way that puts Jesus at the center. And if you don't know how to do that, it's okay to not post what you're thinking and feeling online right now, all right? Uh, In fact, I would probably encourage it because it's probably for the better. So, is that it? Awesome. With that, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a good week.
1: Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting the Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.